A storm that can break the branches of a tree, uproot it from the ground and treat it rough, has the same power to tickle the wings of an eagle and boost the flight of a dove. Welcome to Doves and Eagles, your weekly pick-me-up and dust-me-off show that explores and unpacks life the way most of us can relate to. Ladies and gentlemen, please fasten your seatbelts. We are expecting some turbulence. I'm your host, Paula J. Let's find out how the cookie crumbles today. Hello, all you beautiful people in my world, and welcome to this week's episode. I've covered some of the good, some of the bad, and some of the funny in the past, but I haven't often visited an ugly topic. It took a lot of courage to willingly go down this rabbit hole and gather some of the content for this episode, but in a strange way, I am at ease with the fact that maybe, just maybe, my time has come to rattle the enemy's cage and shake the gates of hell. And believe me, I don't say this lightly. Today, I want to spell out the reality that my fellow South Africans live with. The ugly that the world prefers not to acknowledge and which is my duty to not sweep under the carpet as well. Before I dive into today's episode, just a quick reminder that if you want to share your thoughts and comments on any of my podcast episodes, or if you simply want to get in touch with me, you can do so by sending me an email at info at paulajspeaks.com. If you missed previous episodes or want to subscribe to any of the platforms that the Doves and Eagles podcast is available on, you can visit my website paulajspeaks.com or you can find me on Facebook at paulajspeaks. I have long believed that South Africa, as you may or may not know, is my country of heritage was the canary in the coal mine on many levels. For anyone who do not understand the meaning of this phrase, it refers to a former practice around 1911, I believe, when miners started carrying caged canaries into the coal mines to detect dangerous, odorless and colorless gases, which posed a high risk to the coal miners. Canaries are much more sensitive to carbon monoxide and other poisonous gases than humans and dies very quickly when these gases are present. And that gave the miners a chance to get to safety in time. So it became like a metaphor, if you want, for warning signs, meaning when the canary keels over, it's time to evacuate the mine before you become the next victim. It is still used as a phrase when something or someone who, due to sensitivity to his, her or its surroundings, acts as an indicator and early warning of possible adverse conditions or danger. I will get more into why I say that out loud in the future, because that's another ugly for another day. But this belief was reinforced when I reviewed the horrendous crime statistics for the first quarter of the 2022 
2023 year that was released on Friday, 19th of August, 2022. Considering the overall picture, it is beyond shocking that South Africa resembles a war zone in a country that is not officially at war. How can I think differently with an ugly statistic of 71 murders per day? That poked me in the eye, which, by the way, is an increase of 11.5% compared to the previous report, and with a murder conviction rate of less than 20%. In a nutshell, that's a highly toxic mix of a broken justice system. Following shortly on the heels of this is the, shall we call it, mockery perpetrated against South Africans with a new bill that is clearly designed to protect criminals and render citizens unable to defend themselves. And that literally makes me feel sick because unless you've ever had your home invaded, were brutally attacked, tied up and tormented inside what is supposed to be your most private space and safest haven, robbed, blind and left for dead, with a sinister promise, we'll be back, ringing in your ears. You won't get why this stirs everything in me into rebellion. It only took one moment in time, one unlawful invasion, to change my life forever. And surviving to tell the story by God's grace alone didn't save me from suffering many years of physical, mental and medical consequences. And now it seems the government wants to legally force its people to determine if an invader had the quote-unquote right or interest to be in their home first before defending themselves. And when I say defending themselves, it means phone the South African police. And we all know how good their response is, especially the response time. You know, I looked at this and I thought, are you kidding me? Is this real? Sure, I was fooled once, but let's get the facts straight. Whoever sneaks into my home now, uninvited, unannounced or unknown to me with the intention to hurt, steal, rob or kill, better be prepared to meet his maker because I will happily arrange the meeting. This house is protected by Smith & Wesson and God. Feel free to discover who is on duty. I shiver involuntarily as I try to take all this ugly in, and my mind started wandering on a path of its own. South Africa, my country of birth, where I grew up, went to school, skinned my knees and skinned my heart, raised my children, had the opportunity to hold my grandchildren close and enjoy their wet baby kisses for a short while, and ultimately was scared out of my mind to return to. Many people asked me, why? How could you just leave everything and everyone you loved so dearly? It is such a beautiful country. Yes, it is. There is little that can hold the candle to the sunny weather, the rolling hills, the majestic Drakensberg Mountains, the clear skies on a summer evening when you can clearly see the Milky Way with your naked eye, the Big Five, just to name a few. After all, those are the pictures that jump to a tourist's mind about the South Africa I once loved and never dreamed of leaving. That was until one dreadful day when fear 
paralyzed and forced me to look death straight in the eye as we brushed shoulders. You see, there was nothing spectacular about the dawn of Friday, 23rd of October, 2009. Even when the golden rays of sunlight broke through the clouds that morning, getting no sleep at all the night before was not something new in my life. I was physically, emotionally and spiritually tired to the bone because I have been burning the proverbial candle at every possible end for well over a year. I simply faced another day in my life of which the schedule was carefully planned for some time in advance. There was always people to see and places to go. In reality, however, that was the day that would deliver a 180 degree turning point in my life. Something as simple as letting my dog out after a storm has passed was a big mistake. No, correction, it was a monumental error. Within seconds after opening the security door, two men gained access to my home. I was beaten, strangled, tied up, tormented, and after three long hours, left for dead in a pool of blood. You do not walk away from something like that unscathed. I certainly didn't. That was by far the single most traumatic one moment in time that changed me, my life, and everything as I knew in it forever. At a very low point in my life when I thought God was the most silent, He was in fact the closest to me. I stood witness to the most powerful demonstration of the reality, speed, an absolute precision with which God can execute his awesome power, and the spiritual aftershock wave that ensued that brutal attack was experienced by hundreds of people, the majority of whom I didn't even know. I faced a long, tiring road to healing both my body and my mind, and therefore I have empathy and understanding for the fear people in South Africa live with each and every day, and coming back to answering the question why I left, I guess I saw the writing on the wall and I simply could not bear the thought of ever, ever having to go through another senseless attack on my life. No, it wasn't easy. It still isn't. It never will be. And so it has taken me a while to put this episode together, not because I'm afraid to speak out but because of the heartbreak that I feel when I look at these numbers, knowing I have family and friends there. This just becomes too close for comfort. How many times have we seen hideous tragedy unfold in other countries where innocent people lost their lives, were injured or subjected to terrorist activity resulting in death, heartache, fear, devastation, how many times did we sit glued to a television set to watch the news or interviews, read magazine and newspaper articles, or even changed our Facebook profile pictures to stand in solidarity with those countries, the families and victims touched by those ghastly events? I have, countless times. And then in stark contrast, I look at South Africa and I bow my head in sorrow my heart breaks, and yes, my anger boils, and this is why. The April to June 2022 period covers a total of 91 days, during which the South African Police Service recorded the following per day. 74 murders, three of which are children. 
105 rapes, 26 sexual offences, 61 attempted murders, 805 assaults, 387 armed robberies, 70 car and truck jackings, 435 house burglaries, 103 vehicles stolen, 393 drug-related crimes, and that's not mentioning the farming communities that are viciously and cruelly attacked, tortured and murdered up to a rate of five farm attacks in 48 hours. No, it wasn't a mistake. I did say this is what happens every single day in South Africa. The real scary part, however, is these are the reported statistics, meaning the ones we know about. Many more go unnoticed or unreported due to a lack of facilities, service, intimidation or fear. So the real picture is actually horrifying when you think about it. When comparing these statistics to a war-torn area, the daily statistics in South Africa exceed the total of what is reported in the Ukraine for the past six months. That's frightening. And you know, that's just the crime in the country. Government and municipal institutions are without funding and for the most part also without capabilities. Lawlessness and an ineffective justice system are at the order of the day. Bribery and corruption thrives. Funding is withdrawn from old age and children's homes, medical and animal care facilities. A huge number of law enforcement officers are corrupt, not to mention the government itself. How can the emotional well-being of every citizen not be at stake? Almost everyone I know lost either friends or family members to violent crime or emigration. People move to other countries and start over, leaving behind family, friends and everything they've ever known because they're tired. Tired of living in fear, because they want a future for their children. Families are so fragmented that the whole family unit is not as it should be. An ever-shrinking number of stalwarts still stand their ground, hoping, praying, believing that somehow things will get better. My question today is, where is the world in all this? Someone said back in 2017, I don't see Facebook profile changes in support of South African people. There are no worldwide cries to pray for South Africa. No wreaths or flowers laid or world leaders crying out in shock and outrage at the carnage that is in our country. Apart from a handful, where is the television coverage of these atrocities? How many newspapers had ever had these abhorrent statistics or happenings as their front page? How many magazines in the world have covered our farm killings or child rape? And when you watch the news, internationally I'm talking, do you ever see mention of any of this? If the people outside of South Africa don't hear about these disasters from friends or family inside the country, we simply don't hear about it at all. Is it because the floors of our country would be littered with so many flowers and wreaths that it would be impossible to walk? Is it because so many moments of silence would be required that whole hours of complete silence would follow? 
Is it because of fear of retaliation if they dare speak out or print the truth? Or have people, especially those that know, simply become so blasé about it that it's just another part of everyday life? That's how South Africa is, so everyone just has to accept it? Let me tell you what it's like from a South African's point of view. South Africans are constantly afraid. They look over their shoulder every day of their lives and suspect fellow pedestrians or individuals who may just be passing by. They live behind high walls and add razor wire or electric fences on top. They attend funerals and say countless goodbyes. Those who can afford it arm alarms, set beams in their gardens and triple lock doors and gates. Every sound makes you jump, look around in fear. We avoid certain areas and try not to place ourselves in situations where we know what could happen. We watch our sidewalks, public areas, schools and hospitals fall apart. We pray that we don't get sick because so many of us have no medical aid or medical insurance. We know we won't get help if we go to our local police station. So people start their own civil organizations to do the police's job. South Africans skimp and save, go without, and cut corners wherever they can. And for the vast majority of them, life is difficult, sad, filled with fear, and they have a deep sense of desperation. Somebody said, we are living with disaster every day. Mothers lose children. Wives lose husbands. Death Chaos, heartache and catastrophe are a part of our everyday lives. I'm sure I can hear the cynics saying, so leave if it is so terrible. Why do you stay? Well, not all of us can leave. It takes money, qualification and an enormous amount of emotional strength, leaving behind many who we know we may never see again. And just so you know, Skype and WhatsApp aren't quite the same as being in the flesh. Secondly, why should we leave? I, for one, was born in South Africa. I am South African, just like anyone else who was born there, regardless of color or culture. I loved my country. It lived deep within my heart. And while those that have emigrated may not regret it, because they are living a better and safer life, we all left under duress, not because we wanted to. South Africans are being forced out of the country of their birth the country that is their home, and I challenge anyone anywhere in the world to tell me that does not suck. There is so much beauty in South Africa, it would be impossible to list. The people, their spirit, the land, the scenery, the oceans, the beaches, the mountains, the wildlife, the list goes on and on. If you've ever lived there or even visited, you will know what I mean. The country is magnificent, but we as a nation made a decision in 1994 that we thought was for the good of the country. We boldly stood up and stood as one and said, this is our country and this is the way forward. In case you're still not sure or don't know, it hasn't quite worked out that way. There are countries experiencing terrorism or war poverty and starvation, disaster or illness. South Africans live with all of that, day in and day out, at the hands of their own people, their so-called leaders. 
but the South African people fight on. They hope. They believe. No one should have to live in fear, frightened to carry on with life or to set foot outside their own front door. Nobody should have to sleep with one eye open or be afraid in their own home. And so I ask you today, take five minutes of your day and pray for the turmoil the people in South Africa experience 24-7-365. It is real. It is very real. South Africa was the canary in the coal mine for forthcoming attractions. Learn from their history and pray for peace, for correct leadership. For the people in South Africa, my family and friends, and everyone else that I don't know in person, know that you are in my thoughts and prayers constantly. I want to encourage you by telling you, no matter how dark it may seem, God is still in control. You are not alone. I may not be able to do much else, but please allow me the opportunity to pray for you. Heavenly Father, I come to you in the name that is above every other name, the name of Jesus, your only Son. Father, your unfailing word says that we must call upon you in the day of trouble and that you will deliver us and we shall glorify you. And now we call upon you, Lord. Send your angels to protect the people of South Africa. Father, we pray that you will send confusion into the enemy's camp that you will eliminate their communication and disrupt their evil plans. We come against all those evil spirits in the name of Jesus and we nullify their plans. We pray that no weapon formed against your people will succeed. Father, we lift up those who are standing guard. We pray for a hedge of protection for each one of them. Cover them under your blood of protection. I pray for unity amongst them so they can work together and protect every town and every city. Where there is strife and disunity, I pray that your peace will come over them so they can focus on the enemy and not on each other. We glorify your precious name, Father, and we thank you for victory in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so that's a wrap for this week, folks. Until next time, I'm signing off. Be safe, be awesome, be blessed, be you.